Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of the Lunch Table Talk podcast and welcome to the 2021 Thanksgiving special episode. I'm going to be going over all of our NFL matchups that we have this week. I'm going to be going over the fourth or fifth edition of quote-unquote the match. Um, this week we have Bryson DeChambeau facing off against Brooks Kepka. I'm also going to be going over some of the top 25 college football matchups. Um, maybe a few NBA games in there. We'll see how I'm feeling. I know there's no NBA games on the day of Thanksgiving, but I know there are some tomorrow along with a few later down the road this week. Um, so it's going to be a fun week of sports. We got some golf, hockey, football, college football, college basketball, NBA basketball, a whole bunch of stuff. And the European Tour just finished up, so they'll be starting their season very, very soon. Some very exciting time in the world of sports. Um, and the MLB just revealed their... Awards winners, Uh, we have our MVPs, our Rookie of the Year finally, Um, and then we also just got about an hour or so ago, we got all of our all MLB team players, unfortunately no Cedric Mullins, but um, I can live with it for now, but if he does repeat again this season success that he had this season, I would love to see him on the all NBA or all MLB team uh, next season. So without further ado, we're going to hop into our first topic, which is going to be Bryson DeChambeau facing off against Brooks Kepka. This is a long-awaited match um, that's been in the works for what I would like to think is quite some time. Ever since the Ryder Cup, we thought that the feud was smashed, and I still do believe that the feud is smashed. Um, I didn't think, or I don't think that they would be doing the match if the beef was still there, quite honestly. I don't think that either of them want the publicity of them... Uh, hating each other, quite frankly. Um, It's going to be a fun match, of course. It's going to be on Friday, November 26th. Um, It's going to be at 4 o'clock p.m. The match, November 26th, Thanksgiving weekend. That was released October 5th. I remember exactly where I was. I was was at the golf course. I was working. And when I heard the news that this match was in the works, I was very, very excited. I cannot wait to watch every single minute of this match. Um, we have some fun announcers as well, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley and Brian Anderson. So it doesn't get too much better than that. Maybe if Gus Johnson or maybe a little Peyton Manning or maybe, I don't know. There's there's not too many um, other guys that I would want there aside from Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley and Brian Anderson. So um, all of those guys definitely deserve to be there. Cannot wait. They will make the match what it is. Where is the match? The match is in Wynn Golf Club in Las Vegas, thus it being at 4 o'clock. Um, it's a par 70. Unfortunately, they're not going to be playing it as a par 70 since they're only going to be t- playing 12 holes. Not sure what kind of format it's going to be. I assume it's just going to be straight-up stroke play. Maybe we'll have match play, or maybe it's some sort of Ryder Cup format, which would fit in well with the 12 holes. It's a 6,700-yard course uh, right on the strip, so hopefully we get quite a few fans for this event. I'm not sure if they're allowing fans at this event, or maybe it's just going to be some p- sort of private event. Shut the whole course down, um, let these two go at it. Um, but I do not know what the format is going to be. The purse is obviously for charity. Um, DeShambo Kepka says they'll be competing against each other for bragging rights, obviously. 
Um, also competing for charity, Turner Sports announced that this event will donate money to Advocates Pro Golf Association Tour and Feeding America in addition to DeChambeau, contributing to Shriners Hospital and Kepka, donating to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So I'd um, love to hear that, especially around Thanksgiving time. It's a time for giving and thanks, um, thus the name, and these guys are certainly doing that. So shout out to those guys uh, for donating all the money that they earn uh, to St. Jude and along with Shriners. Um, there are certain holes in the course that allow the two players to compete or donate money uh, to the charities that were said above. Um, so we do have the holes listed. Hole number three is par four. It's titled DraftKings Closest to the Pin. Whoever lands their tee shot closest to the hole will be, donate, will be able to donate 5K to the charity of their choice. If they land within five feet, an additional one or 150,000 will be donated if one golfer has a hole in one which will be lovely to see, two million will be additionally donated. Hole number six is the par three title Wheels Up, Meals Up, and Feeding America closest to the pin. Whoever lands their tee shot um, will have 500,000 meals donated to Feeding America in, in their name. If they're within five feet, an additional 1.5 million meals will be donated. If they have a hole in one, 20 million meals will be donated, and 100,000 water bottles will be donated by zen water so shout out to zen water for their contribution if a hole in one is made hole number seven par five long drive challenge whoever hits the longest drive will have uh two hundred thousand dollars donated in the player's name to the charity of their choice i think we know who is going to win that shout out bryson really rooting for you this match uh hole number nine par three zip recruiter closest to the hole same rules apply from hole three and then par three uh, Wagoner close to the hole. It's going to be the same rules for holes nine and three close to the pin. Same rules apply. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, the odds for this match, DeChambeau has the slight favorite at uh, minus 118, and then Kepka has minus 105. No one in the pluses, which is good, so that means it's going to be as even as we can. DeChambeau currently the number seven ranked golfer in the world and the OWGR rankings. Obviously, we know that he hasn't played many, uh, or if he if he's played any tournaments, PGA tournaments this season. I'm not sure if he has or not. I don't believe he has. Maybe one at the beginning of the season, but I don't think he did ever since um, he lost to Cantley in the championship. And same with Kepka. Although I do think that he has played in one or two uh, tournaments this year. There hasn't been too many tournaments thus far, but I think he's around... In the 15 rankings in the OWGR, I cannot be certain though. So, so for my predictions for the match, I think that I do hope it goes all 12 holes. And even if it doesn't go all 12 holes, that's okay. And I hope that, like I said, if it doesn't go all 12 holes, they will continue to play until you know, until the 12 holes are complete, because, I mean, I want as much, <laughs> as much golf as I can get uh, out of these two, I love both of these guys, just I like Bryson a little bit more, and I do think that Bryson will be able to come out on top in this, uh, this match, so very exciting times in the golf world, golf is becoming cool again, thanks to these guys here, um, and thanks to all the donations, once again, like I said previously. Moving on now from golf, we're going to head over to the National Football League and we're going to talk about our slated games for Thanksgiving Day. We have the Bears at the Lions is going to be our first game. Let's talk about the Lions. First off, 
Off from an offensive standpoint, not great. From a defensive standpoint, also not great. It's the Lions. What do you expect? They have one tie on the season, and that's their biggest win of the year. Obviously, they do have no wins. Their tie against the Steelers was probably the biggest, what you may consider a quote-unquote win for them this season. DeAndre Swift breaking out is also a huge win for them. Although, I, by the time the Lions are able to confidently compete for a Super Bowl spot, DeAndre Swift will definitely not be on the team. Unless something crazy happens where one of the quarterbacks, if they do decide to draft a quarterback, um, ends up being absolutely incredible. Um, and it's just unfathomable how good this quarterback would have to be to be able to take this Lions team to the Super Bowl. So I do not see it happening. But I was going to say I've seen crazier things happen, but quite frankly, I don't think I have. Um, this team is historically bad. No wins, one tie, eight losses. Does not get much worse than that. If they were to lose that game to the Steelers, I don't know, man. But this team is just not very good. Detroit Lions, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I know Campbell's leaning on, hopefully, golf is going to start since, you know, you paid him a lot of money. So, hopefully, he's going to start. Um, David Blau does have experience on Thanksgiving. I don't know why I remember that, but it's just, I remember David Blau playing in in the spotlight on Thanksgiving. Um, Tim Boyle played terrible against the Browns. I mean, it's a, it's a tough Browns team to play right now. I know they're kind of beat up, but they still have some solid players in the secondary. Ward, John Johnson, uh, Delpit is still out there. And then obviously Miles Garrett, who's a deep boy candidate. So uh, it's going to be it's a hard first start for an NFL quarterback. Um, your main weapon, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, which is a solid duo. But outside of that, you really have nothing with the rookie Amonor St. Brown, Khalif Raymond. There's you're not giving me much to work with, is what Jared Goff is probably saying right now. Um, o line is beat up. Ragnow out for the year. Sewell beat up. Uh, Hawkinson not much of a blocker. So. You're kind of left with DeAndre Swift and hope he makes some big plays. Um, he has played phenomenal, though, this season. Credit to him. They have a rookie kicker, too, which is just never good, um, especially if you don't know what you're getting. Defensive, from a defensive standpoint, not amazing. Their best player, Trey Flowers, was on their rivals like three or four games ago, so it's going to be hard for him to come back and mesh with this new uh Detroit Lions organization, especially with Dan Campbell in office. Um, and I think I've mentioned this before. Campbell is not the type of coach you want for a rebuilding team. You want him for a competitor, like, or a close to being a competitor, like the Bills, Browns, 49ers, something, one of those teams, maybe Ravens. I think they're, I think the Ravens are closer than all three of those teams, but maybe one of the teams like that would be happy for him. I think he was good on the Saints, so and I think that's why he um, he succeeded there. Like they were competitors, and he was a really good guy to have in the in the organization to uh, boost morale and etc. But we're gonna move on, move on to the Chicago Bears now. We do know who is starting since Justin Fields went out in the Baltimore game with a bruised rib. We know that Andy Dalton will be getting the start. Not sure who is going to. Oh wait, no. Nick Foles is backing is gonna back up Andy Dalton. Wow, that's crazy. Um they do have 
more weapons than the Lions, which is not saying much, but they certainly do. I think David Montgomery um, is a little bit better than DeAndre Swift, and that's probably just my uh, bias towards Montgomery and his longevity. Uh, speaking, I don't know if Allen Robinson is going to play, even though he's been a non-factor pretty much the entire season. Darnell Mooney's going to play. Marquise Goodwin's going to play. All these guys are uh, relatively healthy. Just got to wait and see what the status on Allen Robinson is. And like I said, he's been pretty much a non-factor this season. He's a did not he did not practice today. So uh, that's my only thing. No rookies starting on the defense, which I mean, take say what you want about it, but the defense had played solid last week against the Ravens. And I know it's a really beat up Ravens team, but they still played really good, especially Robert Quinn, who I think had either two and a half or three and a half sacks along with a forced fumble. He played absolutely phenomenal. Eddie Goldman played well. Nichols played well. Surprisingly enough, Kendall Vildor played well. Never thought I would say that. Eddie Jackson was doing Eddie Jackson stuff. And Jalen Johnson was very, very good as well, um, which I expected out of him since it is Jalen Johnson, and he has been nothing but great since his first start in the NFL. With that being said, I'm going to be taking the Chicago Bears in this matchup here in our first Thanksgiving matchup. Give me MVP for this game. For this game. I'm going to go with Dave Montgomery. I think the rushing attack on the Chicago Bears is going to be detrimental to that uh, Detroit Lions defense, and I think that Dave Montgomery is going to be able to run all over them and have a good Thanksgiving for himself. So moving on now, we have the Raiders facing off against the Cowboys at home, and how Dallas is looking right now. Probably don't want to play that. Play them at home. Dak Prescott is looking like an MVP candidate, easily the comeback player of the year in my eyes. Um, Zeke Elliott is doing Zeke things. I know people were worried about his health and how he was going to be able to perform um, with Dak coming back and not. I was not worried in the slightest about Dak or Zeke. In this situation, Dalton Schultz has proved that he can be a starting tight end on any team, especially a loaded uh, Cowboys depth chart. Um, like we have here with Zeke, with Pollard, Schultz, Amari, uh, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, you can name it. Um, they're still finding ways to give Dalton Schultz the ball, which is um, quite impressive, honestly. Now, Amari Cooper, I believe he's still on the COVID-19 reserve list, um, thus making Cedric Wilson their wide receiver three at this point, uh, CeeDee Lamb the wide receiver one, and Michael Gallup the number two. So... It is a fairly stacked team. They have a phenomenal quarterback, phenomenal weapons that I mentioned. Um, the O-line is looking back to that 2016-ish form. Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, Dyron Smith are all there. Connor Williams looking good. Connor McGovern, maybe. I did not know that they had Connor McGovern. And that, oh man. I think what they should do is start Connor Williams at center, take out Biotish since he isn't good and then put Connor McGovern at the guard position I don't know how Connor Williams is at the center position but all they have backing up Biotish is a rookie so I like Connor Williams chances at center over Biotish and I like I really like McGovern um, when he played with New York so I would like to see that happen I think that would um, not sure how much it would change the offense but I think it could be a solid move for them um Moving on to the defense, both of their rookies, uh, linebackers, look phenomenal. Micah Parsons and Osa, oh, not going to try to pronounce that name, but if you know about the rookie defensive tackle that I'm talking about, it's Osa, 
starts with the last name, starts with the O. Not going to try to pronounce it, but we know that Micah Parsons has been phenomenal. And alongside him, this man right here. Um, <laughs> the rest of the D-line has not been as good as we had hoped. Um, I didn't have that much... I didn't have the highest hopes for the uh, defensive line coming in, but they played better than I expected. Uh, the middle linebacker, Keanu Neal, playing well. Vander Esch, playing well. Um, obviously, Trayvon Diggs having himself a breakout season, and I think he's racked up. I know he's obviously leading the league in interceptions, but I think he's up to eight or nine at this point. Um, I believe it's eight since he hasn't had one in the past few weeks. But And I think that's just a result of people figuring out, hey, maybe we shouldn't throw to Trayvon Diggs because he's picking us off every time. And I think they're finally come to senses, and I think that is the uh, the verdict, that maybe we just shouldn't throw to Trayvon Diggs. And obviously the Cowboys, they're going to be facing off against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in pandemonium currently, to say the least. Derek Carr is still finding a way to play well, despite all the dysfunction happening in the locker room, in the front office, within the entire organization. Josh Jacobs, average. Kenny Drake, average. Brian Edwards, average. Hunter Renfro, average. Uh, there's not much to say about this team except they're they're okay. Um, Derek Carr, above average. Darren Waller, above average for sure. Their O-line, not sure how they're playing. I know that Alex Leatherwood was supposedly a reach, and I still stand by that. I don't know how good he's been playing, though. Darren Waller, continues, or Darren Waller and Derek Carr continue to underrated players um, despite being recognized um, as top 15 quarterback top three for tight end in the league um, I still think that they sometimes go under the radar a little bit um, and this defense is also um, underrated Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Moring Woodyard have been both have been fairly good um, even as rookies not sure what college Hobbs came out of, but I know Morig came out of Texas Christian, and he was one of my picks for Rookie of the Year, and he's certainly playing like it right now. He is phenomenal in that free safety spot. Casey Hayward, not playing like the veteran that he is. like to see a little bit more out of him. Corey Littleton, Denzel Perriman, phenomenal duo. Denzel Perriman, I think he is leading the league in tackles, if not Bobby Wagner is, and Paramount is in second. Um, Littleton, obviously, he's playing pretty solid again. Um, ever since he came over from Los Angeles, he's been good. And he was good on Los Angeles as well. Nothing against him. Yannick Ngakwe, kind of a comeback season. Carl Nassib has been playing well. Um, and obviously, Max Crosby and Clint Farrell are both having breakout seasons. Especially Max Crosby. He's He may be up to double-digit sacks at this point. I can't be certain. But both have been playing pretty phenomenal football, and I expect that to continue even against a solid Dallas Cowboys offensive line. So now for our big primetime game of the day. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We get some Bills versus Saints action, and I would have liked... I think this game would have been a lot more fun. Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you who was going to win the uh, Vegas Raiders versus the Dallas Cowboys. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning that game. MVP is going to be CeeDee Lamb. So, now we can talk about the Saints. I wish Jameis Winston would have been able to play in this game. 
since I do think that he would have made this game a little bit more interesting. I am saying that as the Buffalo Bills are struggling currently, they have losses, big big time losses to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts in the recent weeks, which you never like to see, especially as the supposed Super Bowl contenders that they are. But that's besides the point. We're going to talk about the Saints first off. Starting quarterback, it's either going to be Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. I believe it's going to be Trevor Simeon. The only reason I say it may be uh, Taysom Hill is because he just got the new contract, so um, you never really know. But Trevor Simeon, he's played surprisingly well in the games that he's been starting. Um, I'm not sure if I can expect that to continue since it is Trevor Simeon, so you never know what you're going to get. But hey, he's been playing well, and hopefully it continues because, I mean, I'm never going to prey on somebody's downfall, especially um, a good guy like Trevor. Running back now. We know him, you love him, Alvin Kamara, phenomenal guy, phenomenal player. Hopefully he is able and healthy enough to come back and face this Bills team on a holiday. We know what happened the last holiday that Alvin Kamara played football. He put up a solid six-touchdown performance on Christmas. So we'll see what happens with Kamara. Maybe he needs just the holiday magic to put him back. Um, to his regular season form that he was before his injury. But if not, Mark Ingram will get the start backed up by Tony Jones, I believe. And he was brought up from the IR spot recently. I think it was right before last game. So maybe he did get some time in the game last week. I'm not sure, though. I have one question, and if anybody wants to answer, feel free to DM me. Who catches the ball on this Saints team? Because I have no idea. I really don't. Alvin Kamara was out. Who who caught the ball? Who caught the ball? Nick Vedent? No. Marquez Callaway? I don't think so. Tricon Smith? No. Deontay Harris? No. I just, I don't understand how they're scoring points and how they're winning currently. I just, I really don't know. Their offensive line is good, but they're not, they're not catching no balls good, okay? Um, Ryan Ramchick. Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, uh, Teron Armstead, stacked a line. They're not catching footballs. And I don't know who is catching footballs on this team. I really have zero idea. Besides Alvin Kamara, who was out the past few games. So I really have zero idea. I have no idea. So if anyone wants to tell me, let me know. And I would love uh, if somebody would tell me uh, who the wide receiver one on this team is currently. As for the defense... Not playing as good as we had hoped. Cameron Jordan, not as good as we hoped. Same with Demario Davis and Bradley Roby and Malcolm Jenkins. The only two that are playing up to speed are Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, who are their respective wide receiver or the uh, their safety number one and their cornerback number one. Paul Sundadebo, Pete Warner, two really, really solid rookies for the Saints team. And I said that when I talked about their draft. I thought Pete Warner was a bit of a reach, and I still believe that, but he's playing like he has a chip on his shoulder, which I like, and Paulson Nadebo, I said, would be a good pick, and he ended up being a good pick, so um, I'm proud of myself for that, but other than those, what I say, four guys, the defense has not been amazing, if I'm being completely honest, so we'll see if the Saints team is able to turn it around against the Buffalo Bills, who have been on... Kind of a cold streak recently. 
Um, obviously, Josh Allen in the past few weeks has not been his regular self. I don't expect that to continue. Although they are going to be, he's going to have to throw against Lattimore and Williams and Adebo. So it's going to be interesting to see what Allen does. But I do think he'll be able to tear up the defensive line with his feet, um, especially with the good offensive line that the Bills do have put in place. The weapons that they have provided Josh Allen are great, aside from the running backs that they have. Uh, Dawson Knox has proven he that he is a tight end one. Stefan Diggs, obviously, he has nothing more to prove as a receiver. He's phenomenal. Emmanuel Sanders, kind of a redemption game for him. And Cole Beasley as well has been playing solid football. So, as for the Bills defense, it's been solid. Other than, I mean, it's hard to say with this. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran all over the defensive line, who... I still believe is good. Um, Jerry Hughes, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Mario Addison, AJ Epinesa, Carlos Basham. I think they have a solid core in place. It's just a matter of putting it all together at one time. And obviously last week, Jonathan Taylor exposed the holes in this defensive line and absolutely tore them apart for five touchdowns and 200 all-purpose yards. And hey, you're going to have games where people do that to you. And it's not going to happen often, but one time is certainly enough to rethink your entire scheme, okay? So maybe they move from their typical 3-4 set, and maybe they go to 4-3, or the opposite of what I just said. Maybe, oh man, I'm losing picks like nobody's business right now, sorry. Um, this read a notification. But yeah, it the Colts, they really had no luck passing on this team, which makes sense. I mean, Teron Johnson, Levi Wallace, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Trey White. It's going to be hard to throw on this team. But they exposed the defensive line and the linebackers and even the safeties and corners' ability to tackle in the open field. So it's going to be hard. The Saints have the running back to do what Jonathan Taylor did to them last week in destroying them for five touchdowns and I didn't even realize what I was saying when I talked about Alvin Kamara going crazy on a holiday um I didn't I totally forgot that Jonathan Taylor scored five touchdowns against this Bills team so it can be done so it's going to be hard to decipher I think this is the toughest game so far I do think it will be the closest game thus far um I will definitely take the Saints with the points um, whatever they are um, added, because I do believe the Bills are favored. Not sure how much, but I do think this is definitely going to be a one-score game, if not a less than a score game. Maybe it's decided by three or less, for all I know. And I do think that is going to be the case. I think it's going to come down to the final seconds. With but with that being said, I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills pulling this one out by only a few points. MVP for this game, I'm going to get a little weird with it. I'm going to go with Cole Beasley for the most valuable player for this matchup. I don't know why. I think he's due for a big game. He hasn't had one in quite some time. He always, always projected in fantasy to have like 20 million points. Only ends up putting up like 7 or 8. But 
I do. I'm going to go with Cole Beasley. I'm ready for his breakout game. I think it's bound to happen. And what a better time to do it than Thanksgiving Day. With that being said, it will conclude today's episode. Sorry, I have not posted in quite some time. I thought, figured I'd be a senior and easy classes, a lot of extra time on my hands. Turns out it's the exact opposite. College church has been going well, but it is time consuming. I've also been working quite some, quite a lot, um, and work does take precedent over this. Um, sorry to those uh, to hear that, but um, like I said, this will wrap up today's episode. Hope you did enjoy. Follow me on Instagram at lunchtabletalk underscore on Instagram. That will wrap up today's episode. Look out for next episode. Not sure what it's going to be. Maybe. I have so many episodes like ready to post. I just need to sit down here and freaking record them. Um, maybe it's an interview. Maybe it's a these guys are good. Um, these guys are good episode. It's going to be an MLB one. I'm not going to tell you who, but just know that it's going to be baseball related. So um, if you are a fan of baseball, certainly look out for the next few episodes because there is an episode for you guys coming up very, very soon. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Have a good Thanksgiving break if you are on a break. And if you're not on a break, just have a good overall Thanksgiving.